0: Hello, my name is Carolina Rizzo, and welcome to The Sleeve. For today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview Chase Banks, a director and prospective VFX artist in FSU's College of Motion Picture Art. On this episode, you will learn a little bit more about Chase, her past works, her awesome sound editing skills, and her current work, her F3. I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to the SLC. This Hello. is our podcast, The Sleeve. Um, so we're going to start off with some easy questions, and we're going to go into like the hard stuff. Okay. You ready?
1: I'm ready for the hard stuff.
0: Awesome. So, how did you start off creating
1: films? Um, that's actually a trickier question than you would think because I totally was gonna go into um, neuroscience. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I spent my entire life kind of just like turning towards this like math and science goal because I love math and science. And then, um, pretty much at the last second, I had a teacher um that like took me out of the editing room and told me to go make a film. And then. I made this uh, film about color and its perception on, like, the human face and, mm, yeah. and how it can change. And I fell in love with it. And and then I watched Whiplash. And you can't just not watch Whiplash and want to make films, you know? So after that, I kind of uh, compiled a reel for FSU really, really, really quickly. And then I got in. And now I'm on this film track, and it's pretty wild. That's awesome.
0: And I, I saw your film track. They're amazing you can Thank all you. find it on her youtube channel it's worth sea, i promise um one of the films that i actually saw from what i saw on your youtube was um the human condition one
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the one you did about the bystander effect i thought that film was really powerful it's one of my favorites i gotta tell you oh cool um but can you tell me a bit about how you came up with the idea for that one
1: yeah 100 percent. so um i was taking ap psych <laughs> Uh, my senior year of high school. And like I said, at the very end of um, uh, my junior year, I was trying to compile as many things as possible. So I just really, really liked the class and I read about the human um, bystander effect and it really threw me for a loop that that something could happen like that. So I wanted to do like a visual metaphor representation of the bystander effect, so that people could, I guess, get a better understanding of it. And that's what I made.
0: I really like the fact that you, um, what was it called? You, the takes mm-hmm. were so, it was like a focusing on different <laughs> aspects of their feet. Um, apart from that, the sound it had my heart pounding throughout the whole film. Oh, cool. I love your sound editing. I'm just going to put that out there. It's great. Like it just, mm, I like the, she has a film on Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. uh, a telltale, a telltale heart. Um, And I really like the sound editing on that one as well, especially the visuals and the lighting, like with the chiaroscuro and...
1: Oh, cool. A lot of my, um, I use sound a lot to do more psychological elements of things that you can't really put visually. So for the Telltale Heart, um, I did a a recreation of it where instead of it's him confessing to police officers that are investigating his house, it's just him going crazy alone in his house. And so the sound was really key in order to make his, like, psychological, uh, disrepair like evident in addition to that I guess with the bystander effect I didn't want to show their faces because it could be anybody so I wanted sound to be more representative of how they felt more so than their face
0: oh yeah it was really great (laughs) um so you've been in the film school for about three years now right
1: Uh, I'm going on my second year actually second
0: year okay Mm -hmm. um so how do you feel your films in the past compared to how they are now how do you feel your film style has changed or progressed?
1: It's very quite interesting. Um, so I'm actually trying to go for more return to roots of what I used to do. Because when in your in your first year of film school, they teach you more, I guess, like traditionally, um, how to tell like more narrative stories in, I guess, a more Hollywood style way. And it's very helpful because you need to learn Like how to do everything right in order to start breaking rules and create your own style. And so now that I've learned, I guess, cinematically like all the different rules, I'm going to try to go back into the more psychological uh, aspect of things. Um, I'm making a film now for F3s and it's going to be about postpartum psychosis. Nice. Yeah. And um, it's going to be about a woman who recently had a child and lost it and is now experiencing the psychosis.
0: It's really interesting.
1: And we'll, you, you
0: guys are screening it at the SLC, the mm-hmm. F3s. Awesome. It's really going to be great. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just like, when is the date I'm going? Um, so those are the stories you want to tell, you wish to tell, right? Mm-hmm. But if we look back at your old uh, work, there was one that you did recently that I actually saw in the movie theater here. Oh, cool. Uh, your F1, <laughs> which was The Misadventures of Riley and Jess. Um. And I really liked it. I thought it was very cute. Uh, it kept me interesting. It had me laughing. Oh, cool. Which, I have a very particular uh, sense of humor, so it's very <laughs> hard for me to get humor sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I was like, wow, I, I laughed at this. This, <laughs> this is a rare occurrence. Um, but how did you come up with the idea for this film?
1: It's actually, um, so I knew a girl named Rowan Benetti back in high school, and her and I worked together on a kind of similar project. Uh, our senior year and then it kind of was left unfinished like we never really put it together and compiled it so um i decided to give another crack at it since i was in film school and i refined a lot of the plot details and stuff and it was an experiment in learning how to create cleaner stories because i'd only worked in the the two three minute range about films and this was the first time i'd ever had to write like i guess a narrative structure and so it I think it turned out well um I'd never done a comedy (laughs) I'd never um done the narrative structure like I said and so uh it kind of just came together I really wanted to tell uh a story about like a really lame kid who just wanted to like impress his like best friend by like purchasing weed and just like the craziness that would follow for like someone just being so uncomfortable with that so that's about what happened.
0: <laughs> no, it was great. Um my favorite part was the police officer in mm-hmm. the bathroom. Oh my god, that's Galen.
1: <laughs> I um I hit up my friend Galen and I was like, "Hey, do you want to be a cop in my film?" and he was so ecstatic about it and I gave him the costume afterwards to keep. I really enjoyed that part of the film. And also,
0: you've been in a lot of positions. You know how to do lighting, you mm-hmm. know how to do sound work, editing, everything. What part of the filmmaking process is your favorite? If you could point to one specific one.
1: This is gonna sound, I guess, maybe a bit cliche, but I really like cinematography. I came in initially with the, I guess, hope that I would end up being a DP throughout this process and maybe enter the film world professionally um, on that track. it's strange though because the way that our film school works is that they have an animation track and a live action track and you get to experience as a filmmaker like both tracks or your first year which was the year that I just finished and I actually fell in love with a lot of the animation aspects and so I've been more recently looking into more um, FX producing and VFX for like filmmaking because it has a lot of the things I like about cinematography and all the, a lot of the things I like about animation. That's
0: really cool. So, have you gotten, do you, so you see, you've gotten into animation a lot more?
1: Uh, there's a program called Autodesk Maya, mm-hmm. and it's pretty crazy. It's what they use to, like, animate, uh, Incredib- the first Incredibles. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we get licenses for it, so it's really cool to get to, like, learn how to use these programs that all these really cool people got to use, like, back when they were creating real-life movies. And it, uh is very math heavy, and I super duper love math, <laughs> and so it was like the perfect combination of the thing that I really missed by going into film, because I do, I do miss the science and math aspects of everything, and so it was like a good middle ground. Yeah.
0: And do you wish you could make um, or would you ever plan to make an animated film using that?
1: I have no idea. I nearly switched into animation, and so if I had done that, then I would have been, um able to create a a fully animated film and that's what would have been required out of me but i did not make the switch i stayed in live action so currently i do not see myself making an animated film but i do see myself participating and working on uh, assisting animated films
0: that's really cool Mm -hmm. i didn't know we had that see the more you know So, I have here that you were written, or you were a finalist in the 2016, in 2016 you were a finalist for the Burt Reynolds Scholarship, and you actually got to meet him.
1: Yes! Oh my god, that was so wild. So, Burt Reynolds is everything you would expect Burt Reynolds to be. (laughs) (laughs) He was, he turned 80 the day before I met him. Oh wow. Um, and he, I think, had some form of dementia at the time, unfortunately, so... He was initially not going to come in, but then he decided to come in anyways because he really wanted to meet all the students. And he's he's quite the character. Like, he is so funny. Um, I remember sitting down for my interview and shaking his hand, and uh, he was like, pardon me by saying this, but you have really nice legs. <laughs> and it was just wild because oh, he was just like <laughs> this 80-year-old Burt Reynolds with rose-colored glasses. <laughs> and he was, he was just so funny the whole time. He kept... Um, He kept, I kept telling him about, um, I guess the projects that I was doing, and I told him I was going into FSU film school, and he was just like, yeah, but don't forget to move to California one day, and he was giving me all sorts of life (laughs) advice. That's really great, Mm -hmm.
0: and do you think that experience helped you in some way? Just, um...
1: I think it was definitely, um, an interesting thing to have experienced before going into film school, Mm -hmm. because it was i was i was i think one of the only women that was picked for the process and just i guess from watching the other people being interviewed and then myself it is a very different treatment but it's not necessarily like it wasn't a, a bad experience or anything yeah. like that but it was like a lesson to be learned in terms of just like what to expect when to go into the industry
0: yeah and um if you don't mind me asking mm-hmm. um so you had mentioned before when we were talking before the interview that um there was only four women in the film school?
1: How not in the whole film school. Not in the whole no, school, no, no, but like no, in no. your
0: um, year, specifically when correct? when I
1: first got accepted. Yes. Um mm-hmm. there was there was only a few that few of us that got accepted and the rest into into production. Yeah. Um and I don't think that's indicative of like the film school or anything no, like yeah. that. But um yeah, I just I don't know. I think that a lot of women like in high school um might have hesitation going into the industry, especially in light like, recently of what, everything that happened with the Weinstein. Um, but the good thing about our film school in particular is that it really does try its hardest to try to be more inclusive and to be more understanding about things like they go out of their way to teach all the individuals to teach to, to respect everybody like we have had so many discussions and talks about just like making sure everybody's on the same playing field and making sure everyone respects everybody and just to get everybody out of the mentality of the cold Hollywood classic like film um, I guess lifestyle yeah um, and because because currently in the, in the industry I think it was like 3% of, of women are DP's and so that was kind of discouraging yeah um, when I was thinking about the career path in it because it's it's very difficult I think to climb and to be taken seriously especially in, in such a male-dominated industry for so many so many years um, but what we're finding now is that just like with new generations and with newer people, there's just been a lot more inclusivity and trying to get just like more and more diverse people in the industry to create more and more diverse stories.
0: No, That's really great. Is there any advice you can give to women who want to pursue a career in film so that yeah. they aren't discouraged? or?
1: For sure. Um, I guess uh, for, for any women out there who want to pursue, um, a career in film, but are hesitant towards it, um, it's always better to go and fight for it, because when you're a woman and you're fighting for it, you're proving yourself more than anybody else ever could, and I think it really says a lot about character, just, like, in terms of the things that, like, we do have to work harder to get where we're at, but it's, it's the perseverance and the strength that we share that, Gets us to where we're going, you know? Yeah. it's really great
0: advice. Speaking specifically about your creative process. Mm -hmm. We're going to shift topics to something a little (laughs) lighter. When you get an idea, what is the first thing you do?
1: Okay. So, in order to explain that, just because it could come off a little scattered, I just want to explain. So, I have really, really, really bad ADHD. Like, extraordinarily bad. (laughs) Like, uh short-term memory laws scattered all over the place. And um, I don't take medication for it because I think it helps my creative process. And so when I start my creative process, um, I sometimes just take a piece of paper and I just write down a bunch of different ideas and words and it looks so scattered. It looks like the writings of a schizophrenic. Like literally, it's all over the place. There's no organization to it. The handwriting is terrible. And from there, I think about what I can imagine visually, like the clearest, because um, initially when I come up with films, I usually come up with the look of the film before I even start thinking about the plot because the look and feel of the film changes everything tonally. And I think in order to create like a better plot, I guess you have to be more clear about the theme and tones that you're trying to create. Um, And then you can start working your way into the thick of it, I guess. Um, so that's how I usually start. Um, sometimes I make little tiny drawings of shots. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, that's how, that's what I'm doing currently for, for the F3 that I'm going to make.
0: And for this F3, um, forgive me, I don't know how F3s work that much, but, um, do you choose what aspect of it is, are you doing it by yourself or is this like a group thing?
1: Um, so the way that F3s work is that... I think it's a six-minute film, but mm-hmm. um, if, if I'm wrong, oh well. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, um, all the production majors, um, we all make our six-minute film, and then uh, we crew with each other, um, different aspects. So we'll have a we'll have a PD like a production designer. We'll have our DP, our director of photography, etc. Like our sound person. And that will all be picked amongst each other. And then, um, I guess with our crews, we have two days to film um, in the spring. And then we edit from there.
0: That's really cool. Mm -hmm.
1: And so this happens every fall or spring semester? Or how does it work? So your first year is spent learning things and doing new things. Mm -hmm. And you spend your first semester doing F1s, your second semester doing docs. And then your, um, your summer semester just like learning technical craft. Um, and so when you enter your second year, that's, I guess, when the ball really gets rolling and your um, second year and your third year, you, sp- you spend the entire year making a film. So our second year is our F3s and we spend um, our first semester pre-production, second semester um, production, and then for the following year for thesis, we're gonna be spending um, our first semester filming and then our second semester editing.
0: That's really awesome.
1: Because mm-hmm. they're much bigger projects, yeah. so we have a uh, a system of doubling where for our final project, we can uh, pair with someone and then it doubles the runtime of our film.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So are you excited? Is there any like I, I imagine you're excited, but <laughs> <laughs> um, is there can you give us a little sneak peek of what you think your F3 will be about? Or are you gonna keep it on the download for now?
1: Uh, the F3, my F3 is gonna be the, about the postpartum sequences. Oh, yes. but um, I don't know. I'm still I'm still hacking out a lot of the details. Mm-hmm. I don't um, we don't finalize scripts until December. Um, but I'm just really, really excited about this project. My mom had postpartum psychosis and uh, she used to lie in bed and like listen to voices. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a really scary experience. Um, fun fact, when you get pregnant, they don't warn you about postpartum psychosis. It's very... Um, in recent years, we've been able to discuss postpartum depression a lot more, and so it's a lot more commonly accepted that women can get depressed after they have children. But postpartum psychosis is just way more taboo, because if you have a child and you go crazy, like, that's mostly viewed as a reflection of the mother, not a reflection on education or just, like, a mental thing that you cannot physically control. Yeah. And right now, statistics statistics on it point to it being a very rare occurrence, so it's not commonly worried about. But unfortunately, just, like, through recent years and through more research, it's – been discovered that the statistics are really skewed and incorrect because it's very ill-reported when women go through psychosis because of the taboo. And so, um, I know in Australia, uh, sorry if I'm rambling too much, I've done a lot of research on I love when people ramble, trust me, it's my favorite thing. Um, Go for it. So, okay, so in Australia, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It actually got a lot of coverage for being this quote unquote like problem that people kind of shoved aside and so a lot of the hospitals thankfully in Australia have opened entire separate wards dedicated to postpartum psychosis and treating it because it's very easily treatable um but it's only easily treatable you know if you can go in and get help for it but unfortunately uh when these women start experiencing the psychosis elements of it a they're really scared and they shove it aside because they don't think it's normal and b their their husbands or significant others or even if they're by themselves like don't know what to look for, like, their friends and family don't know what to look for, and they view it more as a personal reflection on them, like, oh, they're just tired, they haven't slept very much, that's why they're acting a little different. And it's quite heartbreaking, because you find women like the Andrea Yates case, who she accidentally drowned six of her children in a bathtub. Oh my god. Yeah, because she was, she thought her TV came on and, like, was telling her to go, like, save her children. And there's another woman, um, she did a TED talk about two years ago, and she grew up in uh, North Carolina. Perfectly normal life, uh, worked really hard to get good grades, graduated from law school, um, met the perfect husband, was about to start the perfect life, had her first child. She was basically living every sort of idea that she had for herself, and she was always a very well-rounded individual. Like, she went to law school. She was, you know, that's that was herself. She's a very type A person. And so when she had her child, her dream child, her little girl, like, she poured all the love she couldn't, and had into it, and it never in a million years did she ever expect the, it to happen to her. It, yeah. She was lying in bed one day, and looking at her, at her baby, and she just saw herself stabbing it. Oh like, God. she, she yeah. from her perspective, took out a knife, and like, she didn't know where it came from, and just started, like, attacking her child. And then... In or Like she got really obviously freaked out by it and then She wanted to check to see if it was real, but she couldn't bring herself to do that So she ended up cleaning her entire house Just like deep cleaning her house in order to try to distract herself from checking on her kid and then when she came back She looked at it and she saw the scene and she absolutely freaked out And then all of a sudden the doorbell rang and she went to look at the door and she went to look back at her baby and her baby was fine so it's there's some deep psychological things that can happen to you when you're when you're in that state and she thankfully got help and she is, is one of the lucky ones because she never ended up harming her children yeah but it's it's something so concerning because just genuinely speaking it is not talked about it's not looked at it's it's barely discussed you know and Because this is, like, a problem that can just genuinely mess up an entire person's life. Like, if you... Like, I can't even imagine, like, doing that to my own child. Like, and it's not their fault, you know? And so, I just think more attention should be brought to it. And I wanted to tell the story of this woman who's kind of just been shunned by society afterwards, uh, by the event. And for it not to be directly about it, Mm -hmm. um, I was going to hold off that information towards more of the end. But, um just so people can get a better understanding of what exactly this uh mental condition is and how it can come about cuz it statistically can happen to any woman anywhere at any time.
0: No, I had I had no idea that this was a thing. You I like you said I always heard about postpartum depression, I never mm-hmm. heard about this. So, yeah. I'm really glad you're bringing it to light. I'm really going to check out your <laughs> F3 when <laughs> it comes out. Thank you to get more informed. But um I'm sorry I'm just like wow that was a really
1: <laughs> I I keep thinking about it because you just you never hear about it no you don't de- you definitely don't um I only started researching it because um I knew that my mom had it so mm-hmm. when it was brought up in AP psych like I like I mentioned before yeah. it was brought up for a sentence that it, it was it was this is postpartum depression, and we went into a very in-depth discussion about it. Yeah. And then as a th- almost like a throwaway line, like, oh, and then a certain amount of women can go through postpartum psychosis, and then we mentioned the Andrea Gates case. And even in education, it's it's not as heavily talked about because it's seen as something that's rare when yeah. it's not as rare as it's projected to be. Makes sense. Um... I know that you mentioned uh, sound design mm-hmm. earlier. I just wanted to give a, a, I guess like a shout out to my old teacher that pushed me into things. He was kind of like a sound design Nazi. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his first year of teaching uh, film and he uh, is a graphic designer, so he is not a film uh, student or teacher of any capacity, but he definitely appreciated sound design. And so whenever we would uh, bring back our films, he would haggle us. And just like tell us to add more sound design at every point and for every section of every possible idea. And so I've just gotten that ingrained into me and I think it's really paid off because sound design is, is such an underappreciated like art form and I truly love it. And now um, at the film school we have a Foley room oh. and it's so, I'm so excited to use it. So for those that don't know, what is a Foley room? So, a Foley room is a room where you, uh, essentially you watch your film, Mm -hmm. and then you manufacture sounds as they happen. I love those! Yeah! And so we have, like, little tiny pits where you can walk on gravel, if someone's walking on gravel or walk on sand, and just record those in super high definition, because when you're filming on set, you know, on location, there's plenty of factors that can go wrong. You can have a truck backing up in the background and just go beep, beep, or, like, Uh, If you're filming at a beach, like the wind could just be totally screwing up every second of audio. So the Foley Rooms are super helpful and they're super cool. And I'm so excited to use it because we have not been able to use it yet, but I can use it for this next film. So I'm I'm excited.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, I think I saw a video on Foley Rooms. It was like three years ago, maybe? Mm -hmm. No, it's super cool. Just how the different things that can make the sound. I mean, I saw one where a guy was making stabbing sounds by stabbing a piece of
1: cabbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. And it's really, it's it's really funny because when you're watching a film, it seems uh, so natural. But a lot of the sounds that you hear in a film. Are very very fake and it's it's almost the idea of what that sh- you think that should sound like because like obviously stabbing a person doesn't sound like stabbing cabbage <laughs> but it's the crisp like stabby sound that you're looking for and that people associate with 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 that when you're like watching a film yeah so it's almost like tricking based off expectation rather than based off reality
0: oh yeah uh, I think a song where they really had plungers <laughs> to make the <laughs> clacking sounds of the horse that's so cool oh no, yeah like It's an art form in itself, sound design. I've been praising your sound design since (laughs) I saw your first film. Thank you. No, honestly, like, it paid, like, you said your professor was the one that really ingrained it. It Mm -hmm. it shows because it's, like, very crisp crisp sounding. Everything is smooth. I could go on about it. I was like, oh, God, I love it. (laughs) All right, so we're going to ask my favorite question, um, which is, what would it... If you could ask yourself... If you, if you were the one inter, like interviewing yourself... What would be a question that you would ask yourself?
1: Hmm. Huh. I apologize for all the moments of silence. Um,
0: <laughs> no, you're good. This always stumps everyone. It's okay. one of those deep philosophical I
1: guess... I guess I would I guess I would ask myself um It's really strange cuz the question that's popping into my head is a question that you, you've already asked which is which is why I do this, you know? But I'm trying to come up with I guess a more cleaner version of that, which um I guess is like what keeps you going. Yeah. Um and The thing with, I guess, being in in the program that I'm in, it's very rigorous. Um, It's a question you ask yourself a lot, just by default, because, you know, it's it's a lot of hard work, and there's a lot of uh, little things that go on in film that can be discouraging, and for me, um, what's, I guess, kept me going is keeping my head down and focusing on craft and trying to I guess identify myself more as a as a voice rather than just getting buried under history. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of coffee. <laughs> coffee helps. It really
0: does. Do you also have late nights? I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I I've have talked to film
1: school terrible students. insomnia. <laughs> um, I think that's a I think that's definitely a film school thing. Um, yeah. It's really funny. I think with a lot of the people that were picked. I think during the interview process, they really look at, I guess, um, each individual in terms of themselves and and their ability to present themselves. And I think that they're very good at, at picking people that have the drive within them to keep going because it is a lot of uh, rigorous work. Like we do have thirteen hour sets, and um, that could happen like every day. Like um, I was scheduled from like during the entire month of September to be on set every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's a uh, at night. It's it's kind of hard to like wind down because you got so much going on. Um, I have tried to go back into watching science documentaries. So <laughs> uh, I watch a lot of Vsauce now, um, catching up on a lot of old Vsauce's that I used to do. And I bought myself a uh, dumb algebra two workbook that I fill out <laughs> to try to like calm my mind down in order to go to sleep. But we all figure out our ways of working. We're really, like, us as a school is very good at just like chugging forward kind of thing. So I have to admit, I got lost,
0: mm-hmm. like, badly lost on campus. I oh, think wow. it was the other day, and I somehow <laughs> found myself at the film school. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, no, I
0: don't know what happened. I was trying to find admissions to drop off some exam scores. Ah, you were close. <laughs> I, I, I was a hop and a skip away, but I just went into the wrong building. Mm-hmm. And um, I just found it really interesting because I walked in, and the what gave it away is <laughs> being the film school, other than the name on top, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I looked there and I was like, maybe it is here. Um, I found it really interesting that you guys have um, there's like stars in the in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that have like n- the names of um, people that mm-hmm. I don't remember whose name was on there. I was just like, oh, Hollywood Walk of Fame stars. <laughs> then I looked up, saw a poster, of Moonlight and went i'm in the wrong place i know i'm in the wrong place but i just found your building i
1: found it really interesting that the moment you walk in you're immersed in just the environment of film honestly i think the thing that i'm proudest of most when it comes to film school is that we wrote chicken little (laughs) that is just my absolute favorite thing wait
0: now you have to tell the story i didn't know this hold on what uh
1: i actually i don't know any stories associated Mm -hmm. with it but like Uh, went on to the left of our film school on the wall is all the posters and I guess the roles that people played in terms of like contributing to the film and there's that picture of Chicken Little and underneath it's like screenwriter this person and I think that it's great because I love that movie and also um I think we also did uh shoot um it's a movie about a bear and a goat. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't know this was a thing. It was. No, no, no. It's, it's, a, it's a more famous movie. It's like, oh, shoot. I'll keep trying to say Back at the Barnyard, but it's not Back at the Barnyard. Um, it's like out something. Never mind.
0: Um, <laughs> It'll come to you later. Mm-hmm. You'll, just, you'll send me a text like, it was this movie. <laughs> it happens all the time to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, but I, I just found it really cool, because I didn't know that was in there. Of course, I find it my last year when I get lost, mm-hmm. but no, I just, I thought I'd mention it. it was, like, super cool place you guys get to work in.
1: Yeah, feel free to come in. We're, a lot of us hang out in the lobby. Really? A lot, yeah, during lunch and, and all that, because, um, I mean, we have our, we have, like, four-hour classes, and then we get lunch for an hour, and then we go to another four-hour class. Yeah. So, like, usually we pocket ourselves in the uh in the lobby in the meantime, so... Feel free to walk in. You can also ask people for interviews because this is a really cool opportunity that not many people know about. I love it, I'm gonna do it. I mean,
0: <laughs> I always get lost on campus sometimes, so take advantage of it. Thank you for telling me that, I didn't know. It's a new way I can explore. Um, no, but for real. Yeah, I uh, I walked in and I saw a couple film school students and I went, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> and I just slowly closed the door and oh walked across God. the street. <laughs> yeah. They kinda looked at me like, Are you okay? Are you okay? You're leaving. Okay, you just opened that door. I used to work for admissions. Really? So you were
1: very close. I, um Yeah. You know. Uh yeah, it was really cool. Um I got for my for my um freshman year I was able to work in admissions and it was a pretty crazy time. Oh it, wow. No, it's lovely. Like, I love I love all the people in admissions. It's a it's a wonderful experience to have. And also yeah. I was able to have a job my freshman year, which was That's awesome. Ooh, I didn't have to work at Pizza Hut. So. <laughs> No, yeah, they were super nice. Uh,
0: once I got there, I was like, um, which building is it? <laughs> Where do I go? Um, but they seem super great, mm-hmm. honestly. If, if I hadn't gotten lost the first time, we would have met sooner. <laughs> but um, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions. Okay. It's my favorite thing to do at the end of an interview, just to kind of loosen you up. Yeah, no problem. All right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. They're also not that rapid fire. Sometimes I ask follow-up questions about the rapid fire. So, just to warn you, if I go,
1: what about that? Okay. Your favorite movie? Whiplash. Why? My mom turned to me in the theater, and she said, I understand why you want to do this. And that was more impactful than I think any other film has given me. That's really awesome. Yeah. Also, it's cool as shit. It is. (laughs) It's
0: really great, honestly. It's
1: just like, J.K. Simmons, just wow. Wow. Awesome dude. <laughs> and the sound in that film? And the visual style, they filmed like half the film in like really cool tones and half the film in very warm tones, and it's very evident when you like pay attention to that when you see it, which which scenes are cool toned and which scenes are warm toned, and they just it, it was because Damien Chazelle like during filming, just like they filmed for 19 days and about halfway through they were just like, "Oh, we're just going to switch up the color palette." Uh see how it goes. It'll work out in the end. And it did. <laughs> I love it. A favorite food? Ooh, shoot that was not rapid fire um <laughs> uh, uh i was gonna say uh oh, this is gonna sound so bad i really like uh spaghetti with mashed potatoes interesting yeah what what is i just is it
0: just like together or on the
1: side like know. side by side a little bit together as weird uh-huh. as that is um i don't know i get. uh nauseous a lot and then when I'm nauseous the only thing that I feel like I can eat without like you know being nauseous is spaghetti or mashed potatoes so I just often make myself a spaghetti mashed potato dish it sounds interesting
0: yeah a recipe to try (laughs) um your okay so this is yeah told you this is like rapid fire in quotes (laughs) um favorite musical artist you like sound so I'm assuming you also have like music
1: yeah I do like music i used to i used to like child can because um, i really i really do like him um and i like a lot of his older stuff um also he's a pretty cool artist in general in all sorts of aspects um so i'll probably stick with that um recently i've been listening to i guess more indie music like like the tame Impalas and, of the world. Oh, I love Tame Impala. Yeah. yeah. So They're great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um music is so strange. Oh my goodness. Um but yeah, I, I think I think when it comes to music, I just really appreciate um someone to be able to lyrically like flow really nicely and mm-hmm. just to rhyme like like Kendrick, like he uh, he rhymes a lot based off intersyllable uh rhyming schemes and it's very specific like poetry that he like speaks very like particularly in terms of cadence. Um, and I just think that's so respectful. I am not in any sort of way uh, musically inclined, and I'm I'm just definitely more of a visually inclined person. So it just blows me away how people can come up with music. <laughs> really
0: cool. I love all those artists. Mm-hmm. You named like a lot of my favorites. I
1: was like, Ooh. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Uh, favorite director? Uh, David Fincher. Why? By far. He. Is someone who is incredibly visually sure of himself. Every project that he has created, he has poured his entire heart and being into, and he just confidently just like has a style about him that differs from the Hollywood norm, and he's just like through that been able to tell so many stories purely based visually. Um, do you know the movie Seven? Yes. Okay, so there's- they talk about it like the Fincher Effect where uh, he often does two people in a room talking, mm-hmm. but without any person, like, with, without the audience's knowledge, what he does is he uh, specifically changes shot design in terms of how close the coverage is and the specific angles based off the emotional context of the scene and the different dynamics that are playing in terms of just different words that are being said and who has the power, mm-hmm. and... There's so much thought and effort that goes into it. And all, all it, the payoff, it comes from tricking the audience without the audience being aware. And so everyone gets a clear sense of what they're watching and what they're looking at without being aware of it. And I think it's so cool. And also, he does the genre that I want to go into, which is like psychological thrillers. Well,
0: this leads into my last question <laughs> uh, Where do you see yourself once you graduate? Like, what is your ultimate goal?
1: Um, I would just like to be in the industry. I am in love with all parts of it. I would be happy anywhere, and I just want to be able to contribute in any way possible to just, just, I guess, the beauty of it all, because film is just the most wonderful artistic form that just combines so many different elements of so many different things, and I just appreciate it. Awesome. Well,
0: thank you for letting me interview you and ask you the hard-pressing questions. <laughs> um, I really appreciate it, honestly. And I'm very excited to see your next film. Like, I Ooh. love it. I'm so ready. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for coming. Very cool.